Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Kinder Guys podcast. I'm Zakia, the host, and I'm here with my co-host, Xanthi. Uh, my auntie, Xanthi. Yeah. <laughs> um, today, we're going to be talking about Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day 2 with a very lovely, lovely guest, Reina Cervantes. She's a trans Latina writer who is part of the editorial team at Netflix and Tadum. Basically, I said Tadum because, you know, like when you guys open Netflix it pops up the little N icon thingy. Um, yeah, okay. Anyways, um, she's also a contributor at Fangoria and Bloody Disgusting. Reina is such a talented and a witty horror writer. Um, if you don't know who she is, shame on you because like every time I read <laughs> an article, <laughs> yes, because every time I read an article by her, I am just so like moved. And um, we also had a very interesting discussion about emo horror. <laughs> yes, emo as in like emo music. So you'll just have to listen to hear more about that. Just sit back and relax and listen. entered Kindergeist, a horror podcast for kids and ghouls. <laughs> Welcome to Kindergeist, Reina. Um, can you tell the listeners what you do? Yeah, pretty much what I do is I write about horror movies for numerous sites, whether that be uh, for Netflix, for Fangoria, for Bloody Disgusting. I've kind of just been all over the place. Uh, horror is my main motif and my gimmick, I say gimmick in quotations because I see it more as a strength, is that I offer a unique perspective on horror films. Yeah, that's actually how um, I kind of came to know you because like you wrote for Gaily Dreadful on a sleepaway camp and I just like reached out and I was like, this is a really super awesome article. Yeah, that was actually one of my first pieces of writing too. So I was like very nervous as to what people were going to think of that one. And uh, it just kind of took off from there. And then, like I said, I got more exposure writing for bigger sites and just eventually worked my way up. Yeah, it's amazing, like amazing journey to see like how you're all over the place now. So today we are going to discuss a uh, happy death day and happy death day to you. What made you decide to choose these films? I think these are great entry points for younger fans to like hop into the horror genre. I mean, first and foremost, they're PG-13. There's nothing super insanely graphic about them. But also, I feel they ease the viewer into the genre by being super fun on top of like, like, sure, it's the premise of like a girl being killed over and over and reliving that day, kind of reliving that trauma. But it's done in a very lighthearted way. First time I ever watched this movie was on like on Halloween with all my friends. And I honestly thought it was going to be very, very scary. But I'm glad that you chose this, these two films, because I've watched it. And this is the only film that I actually like really enjoyed for what I've watched in the horror community. But I have a question for you, Reina. How do you feel about birthdays just in general? Like, how do you feel like, does it, do you think like it's a countdown to death or is it just... That's that's actually a super good question as somebody who just had a birthday, like nearing the end of their 20s. So I used to view it as like, yeah, like we're going towards adulthood. But now that I'm like nearing the end of my 20s, I'm like, oh, 
okay, like, yeah, I'm starting to get up there in age. Like, maybe it is a countdown to death. It used to be like a day of celebration. Like, I would go out and like party and everything. And then now, whenever it comes, I'm just like, oh, I'm how old again? <laughs> I totally felt that way um, when I, because I'm uh, out of my 20s already. I'm like in the early 30s now. You see a shift like over time where you're like, I can do anything. And then as you get towards the end, you're like, oh, I feel really tired all the time. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's kind of been me lately. I used to go out partying all night and now it's like the moment the clock hits like midnight, it's like, oh, I'm tired. I need to go lay down. <laughs> <laughs> Another aspect is like the, the Greek life in the film. Like, what are your thoughts on like that whole like relationship with the movie um my personal thoughts uh i i didn't go to college but i grew up in like very frat like environments where life is like can be like perceived as a little careless and i feel like that's conveyed a little bit in this movie like you look at the start of this movie and like nobody kind of cares about anything like people randomly hooking up just not doing like classwork you've got bullies and whatnot and by the end she's reliving that day over and over to the point where she's like gradually learning and moving on as a person which applies to real life like you do have that partying phase of your life or where you get a little reckless and eventually just by doing that stuff every single day over and over you get over it as you get older well like i've seen like um well just in general i've seen sororities in the movie like in the movies or in movies in general um well like i've seen in that in the movie that we watched happy death day that she was learning from what she was doing every single day which just showed me that like eventually people get their life together unless like they don't <laughs> but just in general for sororities and fraternities i've only seen them in movies and I didn't really experience them, well, obviously, because I'm only in um, middle school. But um, I just feel like they're just preppy stuff. But from what she came from, like the main character, I feel she just had a lot of growth. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm interested in that. Uh, the comment that you, uh, Reina, that you grew up in like a fraternity like world. That's such a good description of like. Weirdly, I feel like I relate to that, like as well, like even though I never was in a sorority or fraternity, it just feels like the world is like that. You kind of like you don't have to go to school to experience stuff like that. So like I didn't go to college at all, but I did have a house with housemates where it was just like constant drinking and partying all the time and just trying to one up each other and, you know, that kind of lifestyle. So. In a way, it was kind of the, like I got the fraternity experience, but through other means rather than school. And definitely you see Tree grow throughout the movie as she like overcomes like the feeling, the need to do that. And especially in the second movie where she's overcoming her grief for the loss of her mother. By the end of the second movie, she is she is nowhere near the person she was at the beginning of the first yeah, especially you bringing up the mother relationship. That kind of like hit me hard because I felt like the movie was set up to be a little more like they dug in more to the sci-fi and the comedy element. But then it was like, oh, it's like super emotional at that point 
which I loved about the second one. Yeah, I think personally to me, horror is all about getting like visceral emotional reactions by any means. When people say Happy Death Day to you failed as a horror movie because, oh, it leaned into the sci fi or the comedy or dealt with grief too much. To me, that movie succeeded more than others because you get such that emotional response from the themes of grief that it tackles. Um, I completely agree with you. Um, like not everything with horror has to do with like killing or murdering. There also has to be some emotion towards it. And I just had a question. What was your favorite scene? Or if you remember at all, um, in Happy Death Day 2 or the sequel? My favorite scene in the sequel is <laughs> this is the emo kid in me growing up is uh, the whole hard times montage set to the Paramore song. I screamed out in the theater when I saw that. <laughs> and it's done in such like a funny way that it's like it shouldn't be funny that like this character is just like killing herself to restart the day over and over just in more grandiose ways. But it's it's there to remind you that like at the end of the day, the movie is there to like have a good time. I love that uh, montage as well with the Paramore because I was an emo kid too. <laughs> and the, I'm so curious, like, how do you feel about there ever being like an emo horror or is there an emo horror out there? I would say emo horror besides this is a uh, Jennifer's body for sure is emo horror. I haven't watched that yet. Oh, my gosh. I think they took it out of HBO Max. I got really upset. OK, I won't spoil it. <laughs> it is very much emo <laughs> horror. You got uh, Adam Brody with like eyeliner and like black fingernail polish. <laughs> um, I think even uh, Panic at the Disco did the theme song to that one. Oh, did they? Oh, my gosh. I believe a new perspective is the theme to Jennifer's body. So we got at least two emo whores that we know of. right? Yeah, definitely. I think anything that has like a fueled by ramen band on the soundtrack could classify as emo horror to me. It seems like emo is having some kind of renaissance right now. So it could be fitting to have like a full on emo storyline horror. My solution to that would be just get Gerard Way to write a horror movie. I just learned that he actually created the Umbrella Academy. I'm so behind. Yeah, he he did that. And uh, he also did a fantastic run of uh, Doom Patrol for DC. That was the basis for the adaptation on HBO Max. OK, now I'm on board with this uh, Gerard Way creating an emo horror. Yeah, he he gets around. I mean, a lot of people don't think he did much after My Chemical Romance, but he stayed busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, My Chemical Romance is so iconic, so. <laughs> it's hard to separate. Definitely. They're back, too. And I'm so happy. <laughs> I saw like at my school, there's like a lot of uh, I know there's different types of emos and just like in general. But I have well at my school, there's people who like wear leashes and stuff and like has their own like really style that like pops out like that are like considered different than others. But they get bullied all the time. But that's all I know about like how people are. But I just think that they're very like. They're themselves, which I appreciate, you know, because they're not afraid to just be who they are. But that's all I that's all I have knowledge about. Almost like in a way that like Tree goes through through the Happy Death Day movies. She puts on this facade at first and then just eventually stops caring and just decides to be who she is. 
Oh, perfect metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you heard it here first. Happy death day and happy death day to you, our emo horror. Reina's started the culture of emo horror now officially here. I I think I think that it's primed and ready to go. People love Jennifer's body. They love these movies. I would put Freaky in the same category with the way it deals with grief. Like there, there's numerous options. <laughs> it's funny since you mentioned Freaky. I had read. Um, did you see that tweet that Christopher uh, Landon had wrote that Freaky and Happy Death Day are in the same universe potentially? Yeah. So I had Michael Kennedy on an old podcast of mine. He's the writer of Freaky. And uh, he told us that like the original ending was going to reveal that the main character Freaky and uh, Tree are cousins. Whoa. OK. But it didn't happen. So I think Chris Landon is just out there putting out the feelers going like these movies are all set in the same universe. Yeah, I'll be super stoked if it eventually happens because they're all fantastic. Um, They're horror movies that aren't afraid to have a good time. They're not afraid to show heart. And I think they stand out from the bunch because they feel authentic. They don't feel like, oh, we're trying to be a franchise or we're trying to be the most gory, the most violent. Like they're just being themselves. Yeah. And that's that's my favorite type of horror, you know, like the ones that really pull you in and make you feel like you're less alone, like you're describing. And since we were um, kind of talking about Tree, like the the actress, Jessica Roth, she's so brilliant in this movie because I feel like I'm so like she's so magnetic. She just carries the movie in such a like fun way. She's like adorable in one scene. And then one scene she's like screaming and she's so convincing, like I, I, th- I think she's a fantastic actress. Like, honestly, like maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm not sure if the movie would work without her. Yeah, exactly. Like she is very like she's the heart of that series. Who would you recommend this film uh, for like younger audiences? Like, how would you describe it to them? Like with their tastes? How would I describe it? I'd be like, listen, have you ever wanted to watch Scream? But your parents said no. Have you ever wanted to watch just like a super fun, like slasher movie? Like this really is the movie like you throw on on like Halloween night or with a group of friends and you have a good time with it. I I can't overstate the like number of people I've shown these movies to. And they're like, oh, I loved every moment of that. And I don't even like slashers or horrors. It's a perfect one to dip your toes into the genre in as well. And I think it opens up like a whole new like door. It's like, hey, you love this. There's like a whole genre of movies like this. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, how that puts like it's kind of like the introduction to slashers. Pretty much. That's how I would classify it. Like it's basically like this like generations. Um, I don't know. What was it for my generation? It's like this generation's like Halloween H2O or mm. Scream. Like those, because because those were the ones that got me the good old uh, 90s. You already know how much of a fan I am of Scream 2. Yeah. When we were at the the Synespia screening, I loved your side commentary. It was the, the, the comments you make was hilarious. It's fantastic movie. That's another one that like, hey, you like Happy Death Day. Please watch Scream 1 and 2. Zakia, do you have any thoughts? I'm kind of like, don't want to like take oh, over too much. I'm not sure if you um, asked this yet, but I just wanted to know, because like you, I remember we were talking about how the montage of her killing herself in the 
in the second movie, I just wanted to know what would you do if someone kept killing you over and over? Just like, would that be exciting for you or just like? <laughs> I I didn't want to sound like deranged and be like, oh, that'd be super exciting. But like, I am a like very avid video game player. So like, I would look at it more like as a challenge, like, ooh, how long am I going to live today? Let's see, like how, how I can how I can juke this killer around and like <laughs> try something different. I I would view it as a challenge. Like I think I think I would grow tired of it after a while, though. I think because I mean I don't remember. Does it ever state in the movies whether she feels pain? Uh, I think she does every time she dies, right? Oh, I know. but then she gets used to it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like trying to remember everything. But yeah, I guess I would probably get used to it. But as somebody who suffered a concussion this last year, I do not know if I would be able to handle the pain aspect, um, especially some of those deaths are pretty painful. Like she gets stabbed, thrown off buildings, electrocuted like. Mm. But then again, maybe I would just be like her in number two, where it's like, I just want to get this over with. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear about the concussion. I know those aren't ever fun oh like, no it's all right i was like moving a refrigerator upstairs and fell backwards on my head how does that way what <laughs> i was i was working at regal over this last summer and they're like hey can you help this co-worker move a refrigerator upstairs to the break room so we were doing it and i was the one going backwards up the stairs and it clipped the top step and I fell back and smacked my head right on the ground. And then the coworker dropped the refrigerator like on my knees. Oh, my gosh. They were supposed to help you. like not. Drop. I know they're not supposed to make it worse. I'm so sorry to that coworker. I, I mean, I guess I think you tried probably, but you don't. Oh, my gosh. That's sad. I'm so sorry that happened. I, di I didn't even know I was concussed until like they said I blacked out for like 15 seconds. <laughs> I'm glad you're OK now and having this coherent conversation with us today. So. <laughs> I just laugh about it now. So uh, yeah, I guess maybe I would be able to handle the happy death day situation of reliving painful stuff over and over. I know we are uh, reaching our time here, but um, before we close out, do you want to plug anything or where can people find you on social media? Yeah, so you can find me on all social medias at JFC Doomblade. You can find my work being published pretty regularly at all forms of the, at all different websites all over the web about horror. And I am currently the host of a podcast called the Windsor Film Podcast or the Windsor Film Club. And you can find us at Windsor Film Club. And we're also on Spotify and Apple. Yay. Amazing. I'm going to go check it out like right after this. <laughs> yeah, same. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Raina, for like taking the time out of your day to like chat with us and discuss uh, Happy Death Day with us. I'm honored. Thank you both for having me. Thank you so much, Raina, for joining us today in the podcast. Um, please subscribe to this podcast and add us on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. Just search up Kindergarten Podcast. And remember, you are loved, you are a baddie, and remember to always live on the fright side. Bye!